I'm going to go against everybody and say we have to keep this maverick talent. Welcome listeners to the first YE1 Spurs podcast of 2021. Hope you're well wherever you may be listening from and are remaining hopeful that life will begin to get back to normal very soon. 2021 is of course a big year for this podcast, like it is all Spurs fans, as original listeners will remember that we began as the year ends in one, shortening that to YE1 about a year ago. Somebody who's been part of the crew since the beginning is my son Casper Wallace and Casper is alongside me today. Hello Casper, how are you getting on lockdown? Yeah, it's all right. It's not bad. You uh, smashing homeschooling? Um, maybe. Casper is smashing homeschooling like Spurs are good at holding on to leads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two more originals are also here over the webways. Welcome aboard, Simeon and Peter Wright. Sim, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Good to be back on the podcast. It's good that you mentioned the year ends in one because obviously we're all we're all hoping that that will be special again as it has been for uh, many years ending in one in the past. Yeah, fingers crossed. Peter, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. I had my COVID jab this morning, so I'm good to go. God, and you're only about 40. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) You're too kind. (laughs) Um, I I, I just want to sort of say, um, Peter, uh, that's brilliant. You've had your jab, and I'm not that far behind you. So uh, that's sort of good to know. Sim uh, will briefly plug the YE1's big recent project in a moment, but before that, we have two debutants here to shake up the squad, as it is January. We have seasoned Spurs podcaster and YouTube star, Holly Agomba. Holly, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for inviting me on. Pleasure. And uh, just if you can tell me a little bit about your YouTube channel and uh, what you actually do on it and uh, sort of sell yourself to our thousands and thousands of listeners. I'll give it a go. I'm not really good at selling myself. Here goes nothing. So um, I currently do a YouTube channel on YouTube, obviously, and it's just about me talking about Spurs, really. After every game, I do like a match review. I don't like watching the game and filming myself. I'm not a fan of that because um, the things come up in my mouth sometimes, the things I can't really repeat. But uh, nevertheless, doing match reviews afterwards just gives me something to do as well. I mean, obviously, we're all in the same boat at the moment being in lockdown. So not be able to play football at the minute, but be able to talk about it is just another outlet. So, yeah, that's pretty much me, really. And how many, listen, you're doing quite well, I, I gather. I, I know I'm not your target audience, but I know <laughs> you're, you're doing quite well, aren't you? Uh, yeah, it's going all right. I think YouTube's quite a slow process if you're not doing live streams all the time. I think that's the new big thing at the minute. But um, being me in my room and just having the phone to do everything, it's, it's pretty much all I can do at the moment. So, yeah, I mean... Slow and steady sometimes wins the race. And also, Holly, can I just ask you about, you actually play football as well to quite a high standard as well, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously at the moment there's not a lot of footballing going on. It's um, more so just lots of Zoom workouts and lots of 5K runs. But yeah, I've um, I've played a bit of football, not going to lie. Um, last yeah. season I was in the National League, so I played uh, like Watford in the FA Cup, in the FA Cup and... Just scattered all around England, pretty much. But at the moment, I'm just locally based in Portsmouth, as I live in Southampton, which is a bit controversial to some. But, um, yeah, hopefully we're trying to push for promotion. So it's between us and Bournemouth this year. 
Um, that's great stuff. Can I just ask one more question? Um, I just talked about the live streaming. My, myself and Casper, we watch, I don't know if Arthur might watch as well, um, this guy, Man United live streaming called Mark Goldbridge. Are you aware of him? I, I do, am yeah. indeed. <laughs> He's hilarious. He is funny. He is funny. I mean, I'd like to do it, but at the moment I just don't have the stuff to do it. So just yeah. normal bog standard videos for me is, is the way forward. And plus he's a big meme at the moment. So can imagine the stuff I come up with will probably be the next meaning thing. So <laughs> I best stay okay. clear for the minute. Okay, well, it's great to have you on the podcast. We're looking forward to, um, to you uh, give us your views and your expert views. Somebody else, Sim, Peter, Casper and myself know well locally. Welcome to the podcast, Arthur Hammond. How are you, Arthur? <laughs> I'm all good. It's great to be here. I mean, I'm afraid my CV isn't as good as Holly's, but, you know, I, I can try. <laughs> well, Arthur, you're, how, are you 15, Arthur? I am 15, yeah. Brilliant. So it's great to have you on the podcast. Why, why do you support Spurs? I support Spurs. Well, funny enough, I mean, my dad used to shout at the TV more often than not. And, um, <laughs> I thought that was a bit of me. So um, I sort of got into it that way. No, I remember going to a game at Craven Cottage, where we won 4-1. We were playing in that purple strip. My yeah. favourite ever Tottenham kit. And um, and Jermaine Defoe, funny enough, was like my favourite player at the time. But then obviously Gareth Bale, I found out a little bit more about him. And yeah, he's, yeah. he's the king. Were you excited to be on the podcast? 100%. I mean, if I'm not playing football, then talking is just as good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a bit like Holly. I'm on the 5k run and, and training it. Being an academy player, so yeah. yeah so Arthur, for for listeners, Arthur plays for you sort of Bromley Town Academy, aren't you, Arthur? So I play for Bromley FC Academy. I'm currently well. I was playing a year above my age yeah. group. I used to play for Crystal Palace and Millwall. Never been on the radar at Tottenham, but but that's the dream. Well, one day, one day, one Arthur, day. Arthur, I just need to warn you, uh, just in case you're a chip off the old block. You mentioned your dad shouting at the TV, swearing at the TV. <laughs> Don't worry. Ian Ian, Peter and I will watch the Champions League final with your your dad and the language got very colourful. I've seen your dad shouting at the TV. In the Champions League final, it was quite quite an experience. (laughs) I promise I won't. I won't follow in his in his footsteps. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, we've got some, we've got quite a few youngsters on the pod today, so I just sort of want to say, yeah, all of us on the podcast, the average age is thirty one point five years. But if you took me and Pete out, it would be eighteen point five years. So me <laughs> and Pete, we really are. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> old duffers. Yeah. Bringing this up. Anyway, guys, this should be a good one. So over the next hour or so, we'll get stuck into what stood out to us all on the pitch, both good and bad, pretty much since the abject 2-0 defeat to Leicester on the 20th of December, as that was the last time we lost, although you wouldn't think it from some of the rhetoric on social media and in the press. As well as that, we'll explore the Delhi Ali conundrum, asking what the main reason the player finds himself out the door at Spurs is, and also ask why we don't quite have any youngsters flying at the moment. But first, I'll allocate Sim a little while to explain the project us at ye one have been up to right yeah so i won't take up too much of the listeners time right now but uh just wanted to um you know point you in the direction of a project that uh, peter ian and i were working really hard on over the summer obviously football stopped uh, very suddenly in march and we didn't know when it was going to recommence again it was quite a, i mean it's a scary time for many reasons but you know, for football fans, there was there was not even that sort of uh, light to 
to sort of shine in our lives at that time. So we didn't know when it was going to be back. Uh, so we went back through the seasons. Uh, we tried to review one a day at one point, uh, but it got a little bit <laughs> got a little bit difficult to do. Uh, but we managed to get back over three months to 1986, 87. And we've just finished putting together a sort of best bits compilation. So we've got bits from all of the guests, all of the guests that came on it. Their voices have been, you know, clipped up and put together to hopefully tell the story of what we've called Spurs over 34 years. People like my colleague at TalkSport, Paul Hotsby, joined us for the last episode. Uh, Martin Cloak from the Supporters Trust. Anthony Costa from Blue. Uh, former left-back... <laughs> <laughs> Former left back Eric Edmund uh, joined us to look over 0405, which is amazing because um, he scored that amazing goal against Liverpool, didn't he? And also was on the pitch for the Pedro Mendes 15 yards over the line, or however many it was. So it's a project we're really proud of. And just any listeners listening to this podcast today, if you just look on our Twitter, it's posted all over there. But Spurs over 34 years, give it a listen. I, I, I highly recommend, even though I'm biased. It's what it's a wonderful project, Peter, isn't it? There's some great guests on there as well. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, really is good. Um, Laura, let's let's keep Sim. Thank you for that because I know you've worked super hard on that. So thanks for that. We'll give you a can of beer if you're really lucky one day for it. In dry January. <laughs> I'm not doing yeah. dry January. It's a slightly um, moist January. Then. Yeah. 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 Okay. No trading. Okay, guys. Let's let's kick off. Okay, so since Christmas, since the two 0 defeat at Leicester, it's been pretty grim, hasn't it? But I sort of just want to sort of get each of you, you know, your sort of recollections of your time over the last sort of seven games. I sort of want to start with Pete. Pete, can I start with you? Just sort of, what was your sort of take on Gareth Bale and his lack of playing time? It's a mystery, you know. He just seems to be sitting on the bench uh, with a grin on his face. You know, I suppose I have a grin on my face if I was earning that much money. However, you know, <laughs> you'd think he'd want to be playing, you know, and uh, the fact that I think our form has been like nothing more than top six, really. I was kind of a little bit half glass, half full with those games since Christmas, you know. A high point would be the Sheffield United game, a very low point, that Wolves game. And uh, But Bale, yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. Uh, is he... He seemed to... Unravel in that West Ham game because we were three 0 up. He came on and then we gave away a three goal lead. And um, Peter, what, what's what's your sort of take on the style of play we've sort of seen since Christmas? Oh, it's just uh, taking these early leads is fine, but it's like it feels like you can see the horror unfolding in front of you. Like you score an early goal and then it's like telling a child not to do something, and then you just see the you see what what the consequences are going to be and you just know that there's going to be an equaliser and and then those late points drop tended to drive me to despair really um if you take the liverpool game i sort of give them a little bit of a leeway on that but the palace wolves and fulham games just there's like seven six or seven points dropped there at best, it would be like see us in the top six. That's interesting. Casper, um, can I come to you? What, what would you say has been since Christmas has been like a real standout performance for uh, for Spurs? I think the, the Leeds one, I think, especially off the back of some poor performances, I think coming back and then performing against Leeds and then scoring the first goal and then getting a second one before half time. Mm. So it wasn't like amazing, but. Yeah, I think the Leeds performance really stood out for me. And what what was what was so good about the Leeds performance? Do you think the actual did you the actual win or just the style of play? I think just grinding out the win against obviously the most attacking team in the league. Apparently, 
getting a penalty and then doubling the lead, I think, was one of the most standout things. And then getting the third goal and then killing the game out. Yeah, I agree. Arthur, what, what's been your sort of performance since Christmas? What, what have you sort of felt has been a good performance for us? I think other than the Leeds game, I'd go as far as saying the Sheffield United game. As far as much as it was Sheffield United, I think we look we look quite comfortable in the three back formation. I thought there was a good balance all around the pitch. I think it was a comprehensive victory. But then I would say something that's been consistent since since Christmas is um, the period of fifteen minutes after half time. I think we've lost that period if you divide the ninety minutes up, like in every single game. Wow. Whether we've been whether we've been attacked, we've just really struggled in that period. Even against Sheffield United, I think. Arthur, Arthur, what went through your mind when David McGoldrick got that goal back for them? Did you think this was going to be, you know, what we've seen pretty much all season all over again? Definitely, but I think, yeah, I mean, I would go as far as saying if we didn't, if Ndombele didn't score, I think it could have been a two-two or, or a three-two. But I think Ndombele's goal showed that. Um, the consensus around the pitch was we need to score and we are going to make that happen. But he was yeah. allowed to stay on beyond an hour and he normally gets hauled off after an hour. Thankfully, he hadn't taken it. He managed to get that goal before you know he was hooked. Um, I think I think trust with Mourinho is a really big thing. I think Ndombele's earned, earned his trust. I don't think Gareth Bale has yet and Ali is definitely far, far from that. We'll come on to that later, Arthur, about Delhi Alley. Um, Holly, can I, can I just sort of ask you, since Christmas, um, obviously we had that good little run against all the big teams before Christmas, we've done really well, but who sort of impressed you player-wise since Christmas, since that Leicester debacle? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bit of a cliche because it's going to be Ndombele, personally. I just think, like we've just touched on from Arthur, the fact that he's won over Jose's trust. There was a lot of us, we all kind of knew there was a player in there. And it's just taken that bit of time and that bit of push from Jose for him to actually finally deliver what he's about. I think he's the only one at the moment, besides Kane, if you take Kane out of it, that can play a killer pass. I sadly don't think Lo Celso can perform to that ability like Ndombele has. But then you could also argue that, argue that Lo Celso hasn't had a lot of game time in respect to Ndombele. But for me, it's, it's got to be him. And seeing him and Hoiberg working together against that Sheffield United game, like we said, the Sheffield United game, well, from other rival fans would be like, well, it's only Sheffield United. But the fact that we've had those string of poor performances and disappointing performances, it was nice to actually be able to say, look, we can do this, we can deliver, we can get the job done. Yeah, that's, that's a great, I think I think we'll all agree with that. Sim, what's, what's your sort of thoughts on um, the emergence of Eric Dyer after Christmas? He seems he really is our number one centre-back, isn't he? He is, yeah. And actually... Uh, I mean, I might be controversial here, but I think he's a little bit quicker than some people will give him credit for. It's difficult when you're playing alongside particularly Toby right now, because as much as I think Toby is still a top defender, it really does lack legs alongside him. But I think Dyer has proven himself to me. Like I said, other people might think differently and might think, what's he talking about? But I think Dyer actually looks definitely a lot leaner than he has done for a couple of years. And he did have that appendicitis didn't he that took a lot out of him that possibly had something to do with him maybe being a little bit less mobile and for that reason I don't think he was particularly looking like a particularly competent uh, midfielder anymore which he had done previously no longer but towing a piano up. no he doesn't up. look like he doesn't look like he's towing a piano <laughs> uphill uphill through Trico through Trico anymore no no uh, I've been really impressed with him I really have and he has sort of lived up to the the myth that's not a myth anymore that Jose 
you know, really does think he's a top player because he really did try and get him at United. And you, yeah. you're starting to see why now. Sim, uh, we, me and Casper, Casper, can you sort of, uh, you saying about he's not as fast as everyone thinks he is. Me and Casper watched something recently. What was it, Casper, we watched about him? It was him reviewing his FIFA stats. And it was that like he had 58 pace, <laughs> which I think is is another reason that I don't think he gets credited like he's a class centre-back. But I think just because he's barely been had any appearances in the past couple of years, I think people overshadow him for that. And Casper, what was what was the thing about the FIFA thing? He was uh, didn't some other players at the England camp say he was they couldn't believe how low his yeah, pace was. He was quicker than someone. I don't, I don't know, but it was somebody quite fast. Yeah, I think so. To your point, Sim, I think he is deceptively fast. And Peter, can I throw this question out to you, Peter? Do we sort of think the side has settled a little bit, and there is a lack of competition for places anymore because the side's pretty much settled? I wouldn't say so at all. I think there's competition. I mean, even in his post-match interview, he said the door is open for people, you know, as the end on belly thing proved, you know. Players have just got to do it on the training pitch. Clearly, Delhi's not doing it on the training pitch to sort of convince him. Um, it's kind of a frustrating thing, but no, I think there's competition at right back as well. I mean, I think maybe perhaps Aurier is just slightly edged in front of Doherty in that position. Up front, you know, Vinny's going to be always kind of like uh, on the bench, really. I think he's not going to really replace Kane, but uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a settled the side. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's Paces are up for grabs. It's up for grabs. Okay. Um, Holly, um, Hoiberg has been like an absolute rock for us. Um, what, what do you sort of think his last few games? Has he dipped a little bit? For me, for me personally, I think he may have dipped a little bit last few games. Yeah, I think so. But I think that's because of the amount of times he's played and all the minutes he's played as well. He's he's vital. I feel at the moment, I know we've touched on Dyer, but for me, I don't think Dyer will be that commanding presence. He doesn't give that like Toby does. And I feel like sometimes we kind of lack that when Dyer's playing. But I think when Hoiberg and Toby are both playing, I feel so relaxed. But I could agree, and it's, it's a good point to make, that his form has slightly dipped. But if he's still having a cracking game, shows that glimpse of magic like that long ball that he played to Regulon for that ball in for that uh, cross that Regulon managed to do I, I think it is a credit to him and yeah I mean I'm all for criticising players but when Hoiberg's pumping out these performances and sometimes dipping a little bit I'll, I'll let it slide So um, Sim obviously you know we, we've uh, in the time since Christmas we've actually got to a Wembley final did, how, how did that feel for you did it, was, it, was it a bit muted obviously because there's no fans there I tell you what I think that that is probably the most important thing that's happened this season. And the reason I say that is because, you know, we're, we're quite used now to being a, a Champions League team. I know we're not this season, but over the last few years, we've become quite accustomed to finishing in the top four. And I think if we're not challenging for a title, I don't think the league season feels particularly special or, you know, feels like we're doing enough. And I don't think we are good enough to challenge for a title this year. Um, again, people might people might disagree with that, but I think the fact that we've got to a Wembley final, the fact that he's clearly going to be taking the FA Cup seriously as well, but he has taken the League Cup seriously, and we've got to the final from that. Albeit, it feels like we've played about two games to get there. That's the biggest success of this season so far, and it will be probably the biggest moment for the last I don't know what five years or so if we were to win that, because that is exactly what we're missing it's just that trophy in the cabinet 
Uh, I'm, I've been I've been delighted to see us get through to the get through to the final again, albeit having only really beaten Chelsea of any sort of esteem. Arthur, do you think mentally that getting to that cup final is going to help us sort of over the next uh, month or two? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think with Mourinho here as well, the morale should be quite high at the moment. We're playing a City side that we beat two 0 and that should they they should fear us, in my opinion. Holly, how did you feel get to get into a cup final because? Obviously, me, myself and Peter are older, so we've sort of seen us get to lots of cup finals, but not for a little while. Was it was it feel special for you, or was it muted because there's no fans there? A hundred percent. The fact that the only one I've seen is the one in 2008. So the fact that we've actually made it to a final is brilliant. Um, I mean, lots of fans go on about the Abbey Cup, but that's that's not quite it. So <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed, come April, that we do get to lift that trophy. But I don't think it'll be an easy game. But if Jose can't manage to win us a trophy, I'm not really sure who can at the minute. Yeah, I totally agree. Peter, how did you feel? Obviously, you know, you've been on this podcast for many years. You've been a real banging the drum for us winning any trophy. Did you? Did it feel extra special for you just to get to the final? Uh, I was sort of quietly satisfied. Um, I can't say that I was ecstatic. Obviously, we, like Sim said, we seemed to, we got that by in the, was it the Colchester game? Or late in Oregon. Late in Oregon game. We didn't actually play in that. Pleased to be there. He takes that cup quite seriously. Uh, we've got a job on against Pep, but I think first possible trophy that could be won in this season and we're there in the final. So we've got to be um, satisfied about that. No fans in the stadium, obviously, takes a little bit of a shine off it. But, you know, we just, I mean, like every other Spurs fan, we just want silverware. We just want a yeah. trophy. Yeah. Feel starved. Yeah, I totally agree, Peter. I'm with you. Um, just just to sort of wrap up this little section of our sort of form since Christmas, I just sort of want to go round the virtual table and just sort of give us a little mark out of ten since Christmas. Uh, Sim, do you want to start off? I will go for probably a seven out of ten. I'm happy with the the results. You know, we haven't lost in eight games, so that's something that possibly we're not getting enough credit for. I mean, you know, Arthur touched on it earlier when he called. Gareth Bale the king I'm a bit upset that it's not come right for him so far and that's really dragging it down for me because I, this it's one of the things that are really standing out from the season that's just not really gone to plan so I, I'll go for, I'll go for a seven but yeah it's been decent since Christmas okay um Casper what were you going for out of ten I'm gonna go for a uh, I'm gonna go for a five because oh, I think there's been a couple of good performances but uh, I don't think not enough okay interesting five harsh Holly uh, I'll have to go slap bang in the middle. I think I'd have to go over six just because I think it could be a lot worse personally, but I think it hasn't really affected us too much considering the rest of the league table. I mean, there's lots of teams that are dipping points as well. So the fact that we've maybe been a bit disappointed with some results, I'm not too fussed about it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Arthur? I'm going to go the same. I'm going to go six out of 10, but I do want to say in the last few games, I've noticed a drop off in Son's performance. Um, and with with Hoiberg, um, I think the reason why he's had a little drop off is against Fulham. We played that four four two formation um, out of possession with Sissoko on the right. He was playing in a midfield two, and that was the the same against Sheffield United, where he, people are arguing he didn't play the, the the best. But I think he's best in in a three where he's the he's the holding. Uh, can, can I? Can that's that's a really good point there. Um, do, do you do you think there are certain players in our squad? who basically are sort of giving for the team to the detriment of their own performance, i.e. Bergwijn, Bergwijn possibly, 
is you know he's an attacking player, but he's having to do a real you know defensive job a lot of the time. And so same with Son as well. Sometimes do you think that's quite quite common, Arthur? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's really credit to Bergwijn. He's he's twenty three. He's come from a PSV side where he, he was just attack, attack, attack. Um, I, I think that that's exactly true with him. I also think Ben Davis has come into centre back. I think he's been a leader, you know, an unsung hero in my opinion. From from the Amazon the Amazon documentary, he, he was Jose Mourinho was full of praise for him, and um, I, he's really impressed me as well. Ben Davis, I think. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, he has done well actually. Um, Peter, what was your mark out of out of ten? Um, I'm going to go five because the lack of um, uh, killing games off and that we, we just those drop points and just not taking the game by the scruff of the neck and adding that second or third goal uh, and the personnel we've got the personnel to do it as well so I think not playing to our strengths and I, I think we're if anything underperforming we could be in that top yeah. four without those drop points. I agree. I'm I, Pete. I'm with you with a five. I think it's been. Uh, sorry, did you say five, Pete? Yeah, I said five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you with five. I, I really do think it's been um, pre- pretty average, to be honest. But thanks, guys, for that little uh, little uh, review of our form since Christmas. But we have got to a cup final, and as Sim sort of says in in the scripts, you know, the rhetoric is bad, but we're still up there. So let's just always be. We need to be positive. But one person who does need to be positive is uh, the lead of our next little section here is uh, what to do with Delhi, how to solve a problem like Delhi. So five reasons why players leave Spurs, aspiration, loss of manager's faith, change of scenery, stagnation, failure, ageing. I mean, listeners, tweet us why you won Spurs for other reasons players typically leave Spurs. But Delhi, is Delhi close to leaving Spurs? Arthur, is Delhi close to leaving Spurs? And what can we do with him? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that Delhi Ali's had a, a loss of incentive. He hasn't been in the, the England squad in about 18 months, I think it is. And, and we're talking about a player who before won two Young Player of the Year awards. I mean, I, I, I was reading Mauricio Pochettino's book, A Brave New World. And he said when, when Delhi first came, he said um, he had a burning need to, um, to fulfil his worth, right? Um, but he said after a while, once he'd proved his worth, that he couldn't get through to him and he couldn't motivate him. I think that's what we're seeing. And I think with Mourinho um, being such an advocate for players taking the responsibility on the, on, onto themselves and him just guiding them, I think Delhi Ali needs more guidance. And I think he's going to go to PSG. Interesting. Casper, um, how do you feel um, about Delhi? What would you do with Delhi? How would you solve that problem? I think I've always loved Delhi as a player, but I think when you've got like your end on ballet, who's been playing so well recently, and you just look at the team and you just you just can't see anywhere where he could even come off the bench really, because you've got players on the bench that could come on for end on ballet when Lacelso's fit. I think you've got to put him on loan to a Champions League team. I think he's got to leave, but try. And get him out on loan, okay. and see if he's see if he's still got it, yeah. and then bring him back. Maybe would, would you play him um, in our cup game against Wickham Monday? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do do you think he's worthy of? A, I mean, you're you're his biggest fan, one of his biggest fans. Is he worthy of a the first team place? Not now, no. That's really interesting. Um, Holly, can I sort of come to you? What, what's your sort of take on Delhi? I think we've already touched on it. I think it's just 
a lack of wanting to be there, a lack of motivation. I think personally, since Pochettino has gone to PSG, I think it's, it'd just be a good bet to send him out on loan. And I've always said that if we come to a point where we want to sell a player, if Delhi's been sat on the bench, is not involved in the England squad, what sort of money are we going to get for him? And I know it's it's bad to think like that, but at the end of the day, football is a business. And I feel like if we can ship Delhi out for a decent price, why don't we bring a good centre-back in or and a good tackle or something like that? That's what I'm trying to say. So maybe hopefully ship him to PSG on a loan till the summer, see how he adapts, see if his confidence builds with Pochettino, see if he can build that, drive to want to play football again and worst case scenario if we don't want him back at Spurs or we feel like we've got what we want at Spurs at least it's a good way to put him in front of the shop window to hopefully raise his price so I think that would be a win-win at the end of the day that's a great point Holly Peter what what was what what for you's gone wrong with him because I know you're a big fan of him and you you like his creativity and you think we're missing that what's what's gone wrong it's, it's hard. I think he lost his way. I think he took his eye off the ball. I don't know about the PSG thing. If if um, if Pochettino is admitting to have failed to get through to him, uh, I don't know whether that's going to work in that case if he goes there. But I'm going to go against everybody and say we have to keep this maverick talent. It's just that we're going to need him. We're in four competitions, and I just think he's just got that special something but then I've you know I've grown up with Hoddle people like Gilzeem before that Gascoigne people you know just these kind of that that class is permanent but uh, how, how would you shoehorn him into the team how would you, that's you his want problem. Him in, I mean that's the problem I can't see where he fits in to the current way we play right now with the likes of Endon Bale there and in his defence I would say in the games that I've seen him like this, a couple of uh, League Cup games, Europa League games, he's come on and I think he's looked quite good, you know, but he just need a run of games uh, to really, you know, he's got he's got like a short time in front of Mourinho to impress him and I think it's it's hard and he's not doing his confidence any good either, you know. It's a catch-22. He's not getting the minutes on the pitch to prove himself and the fact is I can't see where he fits into the current lineup. Yeah, I agree, Peter. That's a real tough one. I'm a big fan like you, but I just can't see it. Um, Sim, I've said a few times in this and this podcast that I think he needs to reinvent himself in a different position. What do do you sort of think, Sim? And what what, what do you think the problem is with him? Well, for a long time, I was a big advocate of him playing deeper. And I think a lot of that sort of goes back to when he first came into the team in, would have been 2015. I think the first time I saw him live was a game against Palace at home. Uh, it was actually, I mean, it was actually the game where Son scored his first goal. It was one of his first games. But we won that game 1-0. And he's just had so much energy alongside... He was actually alongside Dyer in the, in the midfield at that time. And he, just, he was just up and down, box to box. And I thought he was that real sort of Gerrard kind of, kind of moulder player. And I think Gerrard was... He grew up a Liverpool fan, didn't he? So I think Gerrard had a lot of influence of, on him as a, a kind of player that he would have possibly wanted to be. Uh, I, I think people have talked a lot about just then about his lack of drive and something's been gone from his his motivation I suppose and I don't think that would have been helped a lot by the games being behind closed doors I really don't because I do feel that's like great, that's an interesting yeah, point that is him I do I do feel like his his form was okay for a little bit of last season maybe before the shutdown and the the sort of opening months of Mourinho but yeah, I think you're you're right, Ian. He does he does have to reinvent himself, and 
some people have also talked about confidence. Well, I know PSG are considered like a bit of a bit of a joke and a bit of a sort of like uncompetitive league and, and stuff like that. But it, depending on, it doesn't matter who they're play, who they're going to be playing against. He'll have competition from Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria, Icardi, all of them guys. If he did go there, so I I personally would love to see him go to PSG and try and reinvent himself there because. You know, if he can if he can get into a team like that, and you know, just have a bit of a have a bit of like a change of scenery, just to rediscover himself. I think that will do him the world of good because I don't think it's yeah. going to be I don't think it's going to be happening this first. He needs to play football. Uh, he's got the European Euros coming up. He needs to play football. Yeah, I agree, Casper. You wanted to say something about Daddy? Yeah, I think first of all, if if he is going to the French league, you look at the Champions League last season. In the semi final, you had PSG and Lyon in there. So when you think about it, I think it could be a league with, especially this season, competition with Leon sitting um, at the top and PSG in second. And I think if you have like world class players, especially for Delhi, like Neymar and Mbappe playing uh, um, ahead of him, I think that could really help uh, help his like name getting back out there. Especially to Gareth Southgate for the Euros. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say, Holly, can I put this to you? Um, I, I personally, I mean, you, you played the game, Holly, as well. I personally don't think he moves the ball quick enough. And also in the Amazon documentary, there was two bits in there where you heard Delhi, where you heard Jose screaming about him not moving the ball quick enough. Do you, do you think that's a problem for him, Holly? I think so, but I think it's his lack of motivation as well. I know too well if I'm not feeling it or I've been in a side that. I don't really think I fit in anymore or I don't feel that they're reaching what I want to reach, then I won't move the ball quick. Or I know it sounds bad, but I feel like he flicks and tricks it too much as well. I feel like he's been on the sideline too long and he's kind of forgot that this league's quick-paced. And yeah. maybe moving him to, to PhD, he can have a bit more time on the ball. He can find that pass a bit better because we all know his quality's there. He's just got to find it again. Yeah, because I mean, I, I remember he played um, uh, against Liverpool when we beat them at Wembley, I think 4-0 or 4-1, was it? Yeah. Um, and he, he played in a more central midfield role and I, I like him I think he really could be that player who plays in central midfield um, I don't know what any, anyone else thinks Arthur what do you think? I think Dele Alli is better with the ball in front of him when he's running in behind or running with the ball at his feet when I see him lose it he's normally got his back to goal he's trying to move it or, or flick it I, mm. I think being wanted by PSG should give him confidence Seen as his form hasn't been good at all, um, I I think um, yeah the central mid midfield role that's what we bought him as originally. He just had attributes with running in behind, but I think we have to either drop him back or play him further up because Harry Kane likes to move into the pockets that he likes moving into, and having two of them in one team would rely too much on Son running in behind and Bergvine. And, yeah. and do 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 you guys? I mean, um, Sim. Um, I'm looking at sort of players like Thiago. I watched Thiago the other day. He gets the ball and moves it quickly. Kevin De Bruyne gets the ball and moves it quickly. These lovely, neat, tidy footballers are keeping the ball, you know, passing through the lines. Even someone like Fred. But De- Delhi, for me, Sim, always has that extra touch a little bit. Do you, do you feel that or is that just me? He does, yeah, he does. And again, maybe that's a confidence thing. Maybe he's, you know, he's, he's not, he doesn't have the confidence that he can sort of push that ball through the lines quick enough maybe he's overthinking things and that kind of comes out as him taking too much time on the ball um, I think I, I just 
I, I think he, I think that is. I, I agree with Arthur that I do think that is his best position where he's in them pockets. I just think it's it, it, it's it's too one. It's too congested there, but two, he's just not. It's just not coming off for him when he when he does try stuff for there's whatever a, reason. It's it's a mystery. It is a real got, mystery. There's got to be a place for him somewhere. What mm. about the Delhi who played that assist for um, for the Champions League winner uh, in Ajax? What about the Delhi who pulled away from uh, at, uh, at home to Chelsea, scored those two headed goals? What about the Delhi who demolished Chelsea at Stamford Bridge? What about that goal at Selhurst Park? You know, it's in there. It's in his locker. You don't, you yeah. know, that, that sort of that unexpected stuff. I mean, you, 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 I just, I just hate to see that leave. Spurs, I do. Spurs. I think injury. I think injury's got a lot to do with it as yeah. well. Something like, you know, the injuries he's had, the, the hamstring injuries. You have a bit of time on the sidelines. I mean, I think Holly possibly could could answer it better. Uh, I'm not actually sure what, what position you you play in. Do you play as like an attacking player, Holly? Yeah, I'm, I'm right mid predominantly, but I've played striker. I've, I've played all over the park, to be honest. And mm. I can see, I can see where this is coming from. Like, it is a bit disheartening sitting on the sideline and seeing players come in in front of you. But from me and my mindset, I'm like, I need to get my place back. I need to prove myself. And I, I don't know whether Delhi, with his motivation at the moment, has really got that in him. Like, I want to be playing football all the time. And if I see someone's getting in front of me, I need to double my game to make sure that I'm in front of them again. So yeah. I don't know. I just keep going to this old age thing. It's scenery. You need something new. That's, that's really you say that, actually, because I've just I've made a note here. Yeah, is he fragile? Because all the old guard have pretty much gone. Like Ericsson's gone. You know, he, he was very close to Jan. Um, he doesn't seem to be as close as to Eric anymore. Possibly he's not having a laugh. Possibly he's just not enjoying the whole thing. Whereas under under Poch, he sort of liked the whole thing. Do you, do you think that could be a case a case of that, Casper? Uh, I mean, it, it could be, but then again, I mean, him and Eric used to have a right. You know, they used to be a right yeah, laugh. Yeah, they did. You can't. You can't really. I mean, there's Sonny obviously well. some, there's obviously something going wrong because you see, he started against Everton on the first game of the season. And it looks quite promising for him this season. And you, you have to think that there must have been something that has gone on from then since when he started getting left out of the squad. So I don't think that's really up to him, to other players leaving. I think that's just maybe him not, uh, old Mourinho losing faith in him because in the Everton game he did come off at half-time. Yeah. It possibly is gone. Um, and Sim, do you, I, 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 sorry, Arthur. I, I actually don't think he possibly can be trusted to work hard enough in our in our. He can't be trusted to work hard like, say, Bergwijn could. Am I right, Arthur? I totally agree. I don't think he has the trust of Mourinho. I think it was even evident in the Amazon documentary last year. I, I, I just. Although I do think after the Marine performance, yes, it's against an eighth tier side or, or whatnot but if, if a player is playing well then you, then you put them on the bench at least I think I think we could have done with Delhi in the Fulham game um, I don't think Lamella should have been brought on either but that's, that's another thing yeah that Fulham game was crying out for Delhi crying out for him. yeah yeah, I agree. I totally agree. But do you, do you do you think though, if you're a player, you know, we've all played football. You know, if you're playing in a team with someone like Delhi, and he's not pulling his weight, and you've got to cover him, do you, do you think some of the players, you know, are sort of losing faith with him as well? Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And I think maybe the relationship between him and Eric Dyer is as if 
Delhi's not pulling his way or Delhi doesn't feel a part of the team. So then the same relationship he had with Dyer when they were both doing well isn't isn't there anymore. Um, I think that's that, that's true. Because Arthur, Arthur and Holly, you might you might be more in the know than me. I see a bit of a shift with um, Eric towards the more senior players. He's become, yeah. you know, he's not. Holly, would you sort of think about that comment? Uh, yeah, I feel like he's obviously. I think he's grown up slightly more than Delhi. I think we've touched on the fact that Delhi's taken his eye off the ball in other glamorous things. I don't know if you know, but I'm quite friendly with some of the people at Excel that uh, do esports and he's just signed a deal with them. So oh, that really? kind of makes you wonder that, okay, maybe he's taken his mind off the ball again. So maybe that hasn't fared too well with Jose. So yeah, going back to Dyer point, I think Dyer's grown up a lot quicker. And although I do have my thoughts with Dyer, I think you could argue that he has grown up a lot quicker than Delhi. I mean, I mean what does the esports contract sort of entail? Is that, is, is that time consuming? Is that something that would, you know, really distract him? It's a tough one because I don't know the ins and outs. The fact that I feel like he's he signed a deal like that and I haven't really seen any footballer. I mean, I know Aguero does his streaming and things like that, mm. but he's been injured as well, I suppose. But for a player, a football player that's, that's still playing a lot of football to then come out and say, I've signed an esports contract deal is a bit like, hmm, OK, I think he's kind of like head running their little FIFA esports kind of community. So he's like the head figure, if that makes sense. So he probably does have a lot of meetings and dealings. So again, it just makes you wonder, is he getting sidetracked again? Is this because he's trying to show Jose that, all right, if you don't want me, fair enough, I'll go do what I want sort of thing. And it's, I don't want to put like a bad stamp on it, but that's just kind of where my head at, is at with Delhi at the moment. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, it's, I, I think with something like that, I mean, there's, I don't think any of us have any problems with footballers having outside interests, but something like that, it's more about the look, I think, at this sort of point, because this is a such a, a pivotal time in his career where things aren't going well on the pitch. And he's a marketable guy, but possibly he won't be if he doesn't continue to, to if he doesn't start doing it on the pitch again. So maybe it's him, you know, taking, taking advantage of his stock while he's still got a bit, because if he had any confidence really that he was going to come back as a player, Maybe he wouldn't be doing something like that. Maybe he'd be focusing more on on, on the field stuff. So it's, it's an interesting point, I think. It's almost like the Jesse Lingard yeah. thing at, at Old Trafford. Like, like nowhere near the Man United squad. Uh, similar, I put Delhi in the same box with Jesse Lingard. It's like almost like too many outside interests. And but those guys were like really prominent in the in the last World Cup for England. You know, just how far they've fallen, both of them. Can can I just sort of go you know go round the tape the virtual table again and just say, Sid, I start with you. Sell, loan, or keep? Loan to start with, but I just don't see it happening at Spurs again. I think I think loan, and then I'd I'd be happy to see him go and and do do well somewhere else because he's not doing well with us anymore, and it's sad to see. But yeah, I think I think loan to start with definitely. And then sell. Um, Casper, you sell, loan, keep? I think loan, but I think I think loan just to see if like he could he can still do it at the level that he did about three years ago. Yeah. But I, ju- I just can't see him being like a pivotal part of the team. Interesting. Peter, sell, th- loan, think, or keep? I think keep this maverick talent because we're going to need him come the business end of the season. I stick. I, oh. I stand by that. Fair point. Good, good. Um, Arthur, sell, loan or keep? 
Uh, loan, I don't think. Uh, I think loan and maybe move him on because I don't see Mourinho looking to mould a player into a different position because I don't think Mourinho's about that, especially with Delhi. That's a great point. And Holly, last sell loan or keep? I'd love to keep him just because of what Peter said, but it's going to have to be a loan just because if Gedson's getting on the bench in front of Delhi, you kind of see that Jose hasn't really got any place for him at Spurs. <laughs> I, I thought me and Pete might get a, a, the nod ahead of Delhi, to be fair. <laughs> OK, and, and just, just just for the record, I would possibly... I, I may be with Peter, actually. I would possibly keep him because I just think he can... I think he might come good. But what do I know? What do I know, guys? But thanks for that, guys. So it was really interesting about Delhi. We all love him, but I think the common consensus in um, he's going on loan and then he's going to get sold. So... Um, but as, as I mentioned earlier, please sort of weigh one listeners. Please uh, tweet our page about why players leave clubs. Aspirational, Modric, Berbatov, Sheringham, loss of manager's faith, Townsend, Delhi, change of scenery, stagnation, Ericsson, Dembele, failure, Soldado, Paulinho, ageing, Ledley, Vertonghen, Mabbott. I mean, there's many ways. It'd be great to sort of... Uh, you can tweet in and let us know. Okay, the last the last little section of the podcast, I just want to talk about our youngsters. I mean, where are our youngsters? Are we producing any less talent than our rivals? Or are we just in a position, squad depth-wise, where playing kids isn't a necessity? I mean, I personally look over at Arsenal and I look at their youngsters and I just think, wow, where are our youngsters? I mean, I look at Saka, Martinelli, Willock, um, Reese Nelson... Smith Rowe. Um, I look at those, I think, wow, they're good. Chelsea, I look at them. Mason Mount, Reese James, Tamori, Gilmore, Ambador, Hudson Adoy. I mean, I just want to throw it out to say the two younger ones first. I mean, obviously, you know, Arthur, you've been in academy, you are in academies. Casper, you were at Millwall for a little while. So you've both sort of moved in those circles. Casper, would you say if we compare our Spurs youngsters against the rest of them? Are we are we sort of well placed or not really, Casper? I think not. It not right. Of course, you've got your, your you've got your Sackers and your Smith Rose at Arsenal, obviously doing really well. But when you look at the, we've beaten Arsenal in every in in every match at youth level this season, including including the the first team. But I think then again, we've got Sessegnon on loan, who's doing really well in the Bundesliga. You've got Parrot on loan as well. We saw a bit of uh, Dane Scarlett in the Europa League game, and then I think oh, I can't I, th- I can't remember his name. Who played against Marine in centre midfield? He's gone out. Alfie on, White. Yeah. Alfie Devine. Alfie Devine as well. Yeah. Uh, Harvey White's gone out on loan out to Portsmouth, and then obviously Skip doing really well in the in the Championship for Norwich. I think there's definitely potential in all of those players. But I think, I just think you can't, especially in the position that we're in now, I just don't think you can trust them to to even be near a Premier League squad. Interesting. Um, Arthur, how do you sort of feel being sort of quite, you know, in the academy, uh, academy network? How do you sort of feel about our youngsters sort of compared to, say, Arsenal and Chelsea's and Man City? What do you sort of feel about it? I mean, I have friends in my age group, this is going quite far back, but... Um, uh, who play for Spurs, and they, they have a history of selling selling players. 
And and if that's in your system, then you're going to think, oh, if these players are doing it, then maybe I can. If you look at Marcus Edwards, uh, Neville yep. Bentaleb, he even got time in the first team, but then he was sold. Uh, Lewis Binks, who captained the England under 17s. Massimo Luongo, that was that was a while back. But if you have this sort of, you know, youngsters being sold, you're going to think, oh, if I do that. And and, and especially nowadays, Jaden Sancho, that sparked loads of moves to Germany. Interesting. So Holly, what, what do you feel about our youngsters coming through? Because, you know, in the past few years, we've been very blessed with like youngsters coming through from our youth things. But Holly, what, how, do you, how do you sort of feel about our youngsters coming through compared to, say, other Premier League teams? I think we've just kind of got a different operating system. I feel like the likes of obviously Chelsea and Arsenal at the moment are pushing straight through to the first team. And I don't think it's really working out for them as much as they hoped. I think with all players, you need to build that confidence. You need to build that physical ability as well and just be able to have that idea in your head that you've played in these games and now you can prove it in the Prem. I think learning them out is probably the best thing. I mean, look at Harry Kane, for example. He was in our youth system. He got loads of loans and then he proved himself and now look at him now. So I think, personally, loans are also an affordable way to maybe lift up the presence of team of players in playing in lower divisions to then force them back into the Premier League. I think it's just a great outlet for, for any club, really. And it just manages to raise their level and hopefully bring it back to the lane. So it's, for me, I think maybe not seeing them as much, but seeing them do well in other clubs to hopefully have that ambition of coming back to Spurs, I think is something to move forward with. And um, Peter, how, how do you sort of feel about our youngsters? Because... You know, in the past, we've seen a lot of, you know, the past 10 years and when we were younger, we see a lot of players coming through, Peter. But I, 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 for me, I don't see like a good crop coming through when, when I look compared to, say, Arsenal, for example. Peter, what do you think? Well, the, the, what we had come through, I mean, apart from Kane, Tanganga and uh, uh, Mason and Winks, that's probably Ram, uh, the ones that sort of like put their head above the parapet, if, as it were. Marina's not known particularly for promoting youth, but... Like I, I saw some promising youngsters in the the Marine game and uh, a recent sort of like a League Cup game. Uh, so I think you know the, 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 we have got some good youngsters coming through, but I, I, under this manager, I don't know if they're really going to get the chance. What do you think, Sim? What's what's your sort of take on it? I think my take on it is more the you know you mentioned it at the top. I think it's just more the fact that we don't really have to do it at the moment I think we do have quite a strong squad and obviously that's going to be more difficult for a, you know for a group of young players to break into a strong squad anyway but I think it was mentioned by Holly that Chelsea and Arsenal are the probably the two poster boys uh, teams for giving people a chance right now and it's you know they're saying eighth and tenth in the league I think you're, you're seeing teams like Leicester and Everton who you would expect to possibly be given more more kiss chances because Leicester have facilities up there with ours and they're not really giving anyone particularly that much of a chance. I think Everton, from off the top of my head, I remember Anthony Gordon's played a few games this year and Calvert-Lewin obviously is someone that they've nurtured who's leading their line and doing really well. But I, I only think it's really Chelsea and Arsenal who are, who are standing out from me for being teams that really are sort of giving, giving their youth a chance and particularly Arsenal... And I think Arsenal were just doing it literally, like you said, Ian, because of necessity. I don't, I don't think their first team is anything to shout about at all. I don't think they've got a good team at all. And that's I think that's the only reason they're, they're, they're playing. I really do. But Liverpool have, have stalled their standards because they've had to 
give youngsters a chance because of injuries and stuff like that. Their their results have dropped, and that's just what happens. And that's not something that Mourinho has time to to deal with. It's a shame, but it's just the reality. I think. Yeah. Arthur, you wanted to make a point there. Yeah, I think the gulf between Tottenham and Liverpool. I would say in the last, let's say, six years. Liverpool addressed holes in their team, spent money on Champions League, players with Champions League experience, and youngsters were always in the back of their mind. But I'm confident that any youngsters breaking into the team, whether it be breaking or coming on, was was just a bonus. They wanted to get to that next level. Mm -hmm. I think we should look at Liverpool. And we have made good signings, I would say, and that's why I think youngsters aren't a necessity at the moment, but a bonus. Okay, that's interesting. But what what do you so say? For example, we sort of go around um, the league, Casper. I'm going to go around to you. Like I, I look at so all players, like you know, at Chelsea, you know, at Brighton, right? You got Lamptey, Dwight McNeil at Burnley, Eze at Palace, Louis Barry at Villa, Fernand Torres at City, and obviously Foden, Ampadu at Chelsea. You know, all these players. I Rian Brewster, Curtis Jones at Liverpool. I don't. I Casper. For me, when I look at our ones, and where are they? Some of them are a bit are a bit overrated. I think I think Dwight McNeil, Brewster, and Ampadu are quite overrated. Yeah. I think Skip is probably better than. Is Skip is Skip our big I, hope? I think Skip is really not really good. Yeah. I think when he came on, you know, especially with a young player, you don't really want to put like a foot wrong. I think he's he sort he reminds me of Winks a lot. He mm. sort like he doesn't do anything wrong. But like he doesn't do anything like outstanding for him to be getting like regular first team football. I think he needs to sort of like bring bring more attacking parts yeah. to his game. Um, Holly, who who excites you of our, of our current crop of youngsters? I'm just going to give you a little list of sort of the youngsters I've made. Holly, I've got Skip, Cessignon, Scarlett, Parrot, Dennis Serkin, Alfie Devine, Jack Clark, and Harvey White. Well, who out of those is sort of you know, hitting your radar? Well, we've already touched on it. Definitely Skippy. I think the fact that he's bossing it in at Norwich at the moment is is a credit to him. And I also think Alfie Devine, the fact that he managed to score the way he did against Marine. Now, we know, all know it's Marine, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that he was only 16 and he managed to score like that, I think, is a real credit. So hopefully he remains that momentum and we can see him doing great things in the future. But again, I think it's an age thing as well. The fact that if they're doing this now, what could they do in the future? So we've got high hopes for those two. Okay, um, Sim, who who's sort of hitting your radar of our youngsters? Well, it was definitely Tanganga last year because he came into some real fire pit games, and I thought impressed. He he look he's always looked really really raw every time he's played, and that's obviously going to be the case because I don't think you do pick that up unless you have a run of games, and he had a he had a decent run of games, but I I, I do think he is probably our leading youngster but I just don't think he's going to get the experience that he needs to cut out the mistakes that we saw against Liverpool in his debut I think where he just kind of he kind of threw himself at Firmino and got basically sent for a hot dog or whatever he went for it was just <laughs> I would have to, to, to quote your, your mate Bobby and I'd like to see Tanganga play more but I just don't think it's going to I just don't think it's going to happen under Jose but he's he's the guy who stands out for me as our special talent and I think maybe with lesser stakes and under a different coach not that not that I think Mourinho should be doing anything differently but just under different circumstances him and 
Rodon look like a ready-made partnership, I think. Okay, that's interesting. Peter, what's your sort of take on the youngsters? Any anyone sort of you've seen who's exciting you, or you sort of like you think are comparable to the other youngsters in the Premier League? Well, I, I just a just a quick word about uh, the the guy the guy who scored against Berlin. What was his name again? Divine. Uh, Divine. Yeah. Just the look on his face when he scored that goal. He's just like I can't. Great, a, isn't a lump it? came into my throat. You just, you just love to see youngsters. <laughs> And you can yeah, see I the agree. joy on his face. Uh, I like the look of him, but I'd, I'd be with Sim on um, Tanganga, really, I think. Uh, off the crop of people who've emerged, I think he could possibly uh, pin down a place. But it's just whereabouts in that back four he might find. I just don't know whether he's um, whether he's defined where he's going to play across the He's not played a Premier League game all season, you know. Really, but no. um, is he a centre-back? Is he... Is he just going to be a utility guy? I think he just needs to pin, define himself. Yeah, where that's a great that bat for? But I, I like him, and I like his the fact that he's a local lad as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Arthur, I, I, I mean Troy Parra. No, everyone talks about Troy Parra, but hardly hardly anyone's ever seen him play. Uh, what, what, what's your sort of thought? You see much of him, Arthur? I mean, I, he's really highly recommended. He's you know, is is he a future next season for us? I've watched a lot of the uh, under-23 live streams, under-18 live streams. Yeah. And Dane, Dane Scarlett is 16 and he's out, like, he outscored Troy Parrott when Troy Parrott was in the under-18s. Um, I think, wow. I, well, I don't want to brush him aside, but I think Dane Scarlett is the next one up. He reminds me of Jermaine Defoe. He's got that low centre of gravity and he can't stop scoring. I think Troy Parrott's a good striker. Whether he can fall into the bracket of Harry Kane or what he's being compared to, I don't. I don't think so. Mourinho outwardly said that he didn't trust him because he was. There was talk about him starting a game. Okay, Holly. Any, anyone exciting you in that little group of players, Parrot or Scarlet? Do you have, do you have any inside knowledge? <laughs> I wish I did. Sadly, I don't. But um, the fact that Arthur's just said what he said, I think yeah. I've got a I'm swaying to more towards uh, Scarlet. To be honest. And he scored a lot of goals. I'll tell you one player I really like, Peter, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, is I, I really did enjoy Harvey White, actually. I've enjoyed seeing him play. I've seen him play a few times in bits and pieces. I think he's quite neat and tidy. But my worry is, Peter, is he is he just a bit of a Tom Carroll? Mm, yeah, it's just time will tell, really. We keep producing these, like you say, neat and tidy players, but I I can't remember who... I think it was, it was Casper, I think, who said... We need to see a bit more, you know, from Skip. What? Why is it that we are producing these guys that have that glass ceiling in terms of a bit of creativity, a bit of you know dribbling or or sort of a final ball? You got Carroll, you've got Skip, you've got Winks, and yeah. I don't think Winks has ever particularly progressed into anything special. It's just there's a, I'd like to know why we keep producing that kind of player. Yeah, so that's a really good question. That is, and that that's something I don't think we'll uh, we can answer here. Um, but so do so do you? Does no one around the table think that I'm wrong in that our youngsters aren't as good as the others? Casper, do you think I'm wrong in my assumption that our youngsters aren't as good, or is it the fact they're just not playing? I think when you've got a, a manager like Mourinho, you're never really going to have standout youngsters. I don't think they have potential to be better than. A lot of like Foden, you know, Greenwood. You don't think they Saturday. do? No, okay. I don't think we've got potential in some areas. Yeah, but you you don't look. You really 
you don't really see other players apart from there's only really like four standout players that you think could maybe get a run in the first team. Okay. Interesting. Um, anyway, guys, thanks for that. That's, that wraps that up a little bit. I think possibly my my assumption that our youngsters aren't that good has been shot down by uh, by the two youngsters and Sim, I think, as well, about that we don't need to play these players because we've got a, quite a good squad in depth. So possibly we just have to keep an eye on that and on our youngsters. Um, and just to wrap up the podcast, I'd just like to go around the table and sort of ask a final question about how we, because we're in January now, how do we each think the season's going to end? What do we think we're going to end with? Um, Sim, can I start with you? What do you think we're going to league position and any cups? Oh, I'd love. To, I, I I really want to say we'll finish fourth, and I'll have to sort of stick my stick my neck on the line and say we'll finish fourth. And oh, that that league cup, it's. Do I have to <laughs> do I do I have to say whether we're going to win it or not? You you've got to say you got to say what you think is going to happen at the end of the season. Might be you know might win every cup. Oh, yeah. Why, why not? I'll say I'll say we'll win the league cup and we'll finish fourth, and that would be a great season in my opinion. Brilliant, uh, Holly. What do you think? I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to say fourth and hopefully two cups. Mm. Hopefully the FA Cup and the the um, League Cup. I'm not too sure about Europa. I'm not sure that's going to come through, but we'll have to wait and see. Holly, we're going to we're going to record this and we're going to we're going to snip it and then we'll uh, we'll send it to your uh, your YouTube channel when, uh, oh, when you get no. right. Um, Cas- new meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be a new meme. Um, Casper, what do you think? I, uh, I do you know what I think. As much as I hate to say it, I think we're going to lose to City on penalties. I, I can just feel it. <laughs> I don't know why. I think we'll just defend the whole game. We'll get a goal and then we'll just defend, 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 and then they'll score. Don't say that. And then I think we'll just bottle it on pens. I just, I can just see it happening. Come on, what's, what, what, what do you think? League-wise in cups? I, I don't know. I, do you know what? I reckon, I reckon fifth. I hate to say it, yep. but and... I, just, I just can't. With you, with you've got Man United performing well, who are, and then Liverpool and Man City, they're basically guaranteed a top four. I just don't think. Okay, and what about the cups? Um, I think the Europa League could be okay. a possibility. I think the only real person that we would struggle against would be Man United. Okay, cool. Okay, so Casper thinks we're going to finish fifth in the Europa League. I'll take that now, Peter. What, what, what's what's your take on it? I think there's. Too many good teams in the conversation for the league at the moment. Based on our performances in the league, I think we're going to finish fifth. I think we'll reach the Europa League final, uh, okay. but I think we could just edge out City in the League Cup because in a one-off game against Man City, I think we could just win that cup. But I think fifth in the league, and we'll win, and we'll reach the Europa League final. But I think we'll get beaten in the final. Wow! Take that Stick now, um, and. <laughs> Arthur, oh, I, I'm going to go fifth, and we win the League Cup and the Europa League. I think no, I the mean. only the only two teams that, that I think will struggle against in the Europa League is Inter, who are falling back into it, um, from the Champions League, and Manchester United. I think we can beat them. Very positive. I like that. Well, thanks very much for that, guys. I don't really hold everyone else's uh, positivity. I- I'm possibly going for about an eighth or ninth what? in the oh, league. Whoa. Whoa. I, gen- I genuinely yeah. think we will. Eighth or ninth in the league. But I, do th- but I do think we will win the League Cup. So, uh, I-, I'm- I think I think that-, that will be a good uh, a good season. But, yeah, 
Sim, if you can snip that, please. Ninth in the League Cup, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> well, would you take that? Is that good enough? Would I take it? Uh, would I take it? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I don't think it's good enough, but I think that's what's going to happen. Anyway, guys, thank you. Holly, it's been wonderful to have you on the, on the podcast. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for asking me again. It's, it's been a pleasure. I've loved talking to you guys. Brilliant. So, Holly, so please listen to Holly's YouTube channel. What is it called, Holly? It's literally just my name. So it's Holly Agambar. That's literally it. It's a bit confusing to spell, but there we go. Well, please have a listen because you know, it's a really, really good channel. Arthur, have you enjoyed it? 100%. Thanks for the opportunity. Wonderful to have you on there. And Casper, as ever, and Pete and Sim, our regulars. It's been brilliant to have. It's been a really young uh, young podcast for us, but I think it's really good for our podcast to have different views from different eras. It's a shame just me and Pete with the average age are bringing it up again. But um, Peter, Sim, be great. Keep well, guys. And Cheers, guys. Casper, keep well. And everyone, keep well. And please listen. Please tell your friends about YE1. And um, keep well. And we'll see you soon, guys. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers.